Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. If you're new to Collective or it's been a while or you're a regular part of the church, we're glad that you are with us to celebrate. This is my daughter, Ava. Ava is seven. She's up here with me. We're going to read a passage of scripture, part of Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, and we're going to read it together. So I'm going to read the first part, and then Ava's going to read the last part. You ready? Okay. Matthew 1, verse 18 to 23 says this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin has conceived a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Here, Ava, take this. Let's pray. God, I pray that in these next few moments that you would be the one that speaks to us, that you would cut through all the, the noise and all of the distractions of the season and help us again to fix our eyes on you. God, we need you. I need you. God, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. What a gift it is before we even get in to have our kids with us, for them to see, to see us modeling what it means to follow Jesus. And, and so if you are a parent in here and you have any concerns about your kids making noise while I speak, it's all good. I'm loud. And we're glad that they're in the room. It's good for us to be reminded again that we're part of a, a family of people of all different ages and stages. Now, there, there's a passage in the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah that speaks about Jesus and his arrival for Christmas. Isaiah sets the stage for the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, the one who has come to rescue the Israelites. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Matthew quoted him in the passage that Ava and I just read. 700 years before Jesus arrived, Isaiah begins to share hope for the people that desperately need hope. The prophets at that time would speak on behalf of God, and so they're beginning to prompt the people that hope is coming. Isaiah 5 verse, or 9 verse 2 says this, Isaiah writes, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now there's elements of this passage that I think 3,000, almost 3,000 years later still speak directly to us. They seem to reflect some of what we experience in our life. There's a lot of darkness that we see around us. And we see it in more overt ways, and we also see it in more subtle ways. 
We see it in other places outside of North America, the reminder that there is conflict and war and extreme poverty. And then we look in North America and we see it here too in some of those ways, but maybe not as overt. But I want us for a moment to consider the darkness that we see around us that maybe isn't as overt, but is more subtle. As a culture, we have moved at this place of being moving further and further away from seeing value in a life surrender to Jesus. As a culture, we've moved away from seeing God as having value and instead seeing God as dangerous. We've advanced technologically and we've become as a culture generally spiritual, but not religious. We want all of the benefits of a life as it should be, the good life, while we reject the very one who created us and created the life that he invites us into, God himself. We, we even say as a people that we are progressing. Well, we're moving towards something. And I want us today, this morning, to even just consider this little secular experiment that we are living in. This utopia that we are producing in man's own image. And to consider, is it working? We've apparently progressed, and yet, when we consider what's happening around us, we see a different story. For example, we're more technologically connected than ever before. All of us have all sorts of connection, and yet we are lonelier than ever. I think I've shared it before, but do you know in the UK they actually have a minister of loneliness? In London, it's a huge epidemic of loneliness. People that live by themselves, it's a huge percentage of people. And so we're connected, and yet we are disconnected from others. We have higher rates of anxiety and depression, even though we have decreased the stigma of mental health and have more access, yet there seems to be these high rates of anxiety and high rates of depression in people. You know that we have lower rates of life satisfaction? Like as a people, generally people are more unhappy, which seems crazy when you think about all that we have, all the access to things that we have, and yet they don't satisfy the deepest desires in our hearts. We have huge amounts of people that are ending their life early. All of these things should, things should be like warning bells in our minds going, it seems like this thing that we're trying to do where we make it all in our image is not working. All of the data that we see, and this is not Christian data, is pointing to the fact that we are not moving towards utopia. And so the invitation for us this, this morning is to consider is that by design? Is it possible that when we make everything in our own image that things break down and instead God is drawing us closer to him and his way of life? Is it possible that our search for meaning in our own image was always going to fail? Is it possible that we were made to experience freedom but not the kind of freedom that we think we need? 3,000 years ago, Isaiah spoke of Messiah, Savior, Jesus Christ himself, who could offer something better than what we see around us. Isaiah writes this about Jesus in Isaiah 7, 4. It says, 
He's speaking of Jesus, and he says, For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. I want us to just reflect, and I want to acknowledge that some of us are far more enslaved than we realize, and we want to pretend that we're free and go, you know what, I'm living my life as I want to live my life, and yet finding ourselves more and more enslaved. And I want you to know that Jesus comes to lift the heavy burden of trying to make ourselves whole, of trying to do enough to feel satisfied, trying to save ourselves. Jesus comes to free us from our heavy burden and the yoke of slavery. And I want to, this morning, as lovingly as I can, suggest to you that you are not nearly as free as you think you are. I mean, so often we're enslaved by our addiction to some things, and we find them. There's three things, generally, that we are enslaved by our addiction to. Money, sex, and power. If you were to consider all the things around us, generally you could fit those in those categories. Money, sex, and power. We're enslaved by this promise of a good life according to our own appetites. If I can just get enough of this, if I can just do enough, make enough, pursue enough, then I will feel satisfied. But I want you to know it's a bit like drinking salt water when you're thirsty. It satisfies you for a moment, and it doesn't actually satisfy the deep, lingering desires in your heart. It's never enough. And I want you to know that Jesus came to offer something different. In Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus is saying, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus offers us a better way, one where we follow his way in all areas of our life, and then we begin to discover a burden that is light. Jesus begins to carry some of our burdens with us. We work with him, not against him, and we find ourselves living the kind of life that we were designed for. Jesus comes to offer a countercultural life, upside down and opposite of the life that we see around us, espoused as the good life. Jesus says things that challenge our notion of freedom and our ideas of success. He says things like, you want to find your life? Lose it for my sake. We go, that does not make a ton of sense. And so we think, I'm going to hold on to my life. I'm going to get it all. And then we find ourselves, at the end of it, empty. And he goes, stop trying to do what you want to do. And instead, lose your life for my sake and find the life that you have dreamed of and that you were made for. The central message of the Christian faith is a life laid down for a life with Jesus. This idea of death to self is completely countercultural. Even when we think about Christmas, there's this tension of generosity and giving gifts, and then also me, 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 consume, consume, consume. The way of Jesus is a life that is not about us anymore. 
We lay down our way of life for his way of life. In a culture that is obsessed, obsessed with self, Jesus offers a better way, a life of surrender. And the invitation is to lay down the burden that we've been carrying by ourselves and to let Jesus carry the burden with us. Come to him and find real rest for our souls. I want you to know that Christmas is, a, is an, an opportunity for us to fix our eyes yet again on Jesus, but I want you to know that you were made for a relationship with God, with the creator of the universe. And yet, your sin, your brokenness, means that you could never do enough to bridge that gap. And so we try. I'm going to try a little harder, work a little harder, do a little bit more. But that experiment is a failed experiment. We find in the Israelites, in the Jewish people, they took 10 rules and over time extrapolated them to 613 things that you needed to do in order to get close to God. 613. And Jesus offers one. Lay down your life. Give it all to me and let me be the one that guides you. Quit trying to hold on to your life. Quit trying to do it your own way. It is not working. And some of us in the room, we're sensing that. You're going, I'm trying all the stuff that I've been told to do, and it is not working. And Jesus, this Christmas, is beckoning you closer. You're stumbling all around in the darkness, and you don't need to. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said, I am the light of the world. In contrast to the darkness that is around us, I am the light of the world, he says. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. This is what Jesus offers to our weary and worn out souls, life. Today we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the arrival of Jesus as a baby, subverting expectations the Savior of the world who came as a baby to rescue all of humanity. And in the passage that I read with Ava where Matthew is explaining what happened, he quotes Isaiah again when he says this, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Christianity is the only religion where the ultimate power, God himself, humbles himself to become human to restore us. The only religion where it's not just about more stuff that you have to do to make yourself holy and yet a holy God that makes himself human to make a way. The, the word for this is the, the word incarnation. Maybe you've heard it. It's not one we use all of the time, but it's a powerful theological word. The reminder that God, that Jesus was fully God and fully human. There, there's an author named Dorothy Sayers that said this of the incarnation. The incarnation means that for whatever reason God chose to let us fall, to suffer, to be subject to sorrows and death, he has nonetheless had the honesty and the courage to take his own medicine. 
He can exact nothing from man that he has not exacted from himself. He himself has gone through the whole of human experience, from the trivial irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard word and lack of money to the worst horrors of pain and humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. He was born in poverty and suffered infinite pain, all for us, and thought it well worth his while. The reminder for us that when we believe and we reflect on Emmanuel, God is with us, that this is not just a distant term or concept, that this is an intimate and close experience. Jesus actually came and lived a life that was difficult and endured things that we endure to remind us that he actually understands what we are going through. And in the midst of whatever we're going through, the, the, the powerful reminder for us is not that it will all be good. The powerful reminder for those that follow the way of Jesus is that God is with us in the midst of it, in all of it. And so at Christmas, we again remind ourselves, whatever we are going through, that God is with us. That when he sent his son Jesus, that he demonstrated that he is with us, making a way for us. And Jesus knows that we have burdens. Jesus lived a life that, that he had to endure some burdens, the burdens that we carry with us. And the incarnation reminds us that God loves us so much that he was willing to become human to make a way back to him. We find ourselves stumbling around in the darkness. I mean, maybe you're in the room and, and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus and you just look at your life and you consider, it just seems like there's something missing. Or maybe you've given your life to Jesus and, and then you've tried to add things. Like, well, if it's DIY faith, Jesus plus a little self-help and a little self-actualization, a little this, a little bit of that, a little spiritual but not religious. And you just add on burdens. And Jesus is saying, take my yoke on, work with me, let me carry your burdens. And you're like, you know what, I, I like the whole not going to hell thing, um, but I think I'll take it from here. And the invitation that Jesus gives us is ongoing surrender in all areas of our life. And so maybe today is the day that you've actually come to the end of yourself. And today is the day that you finally surrender to Jesus. I want to let you know that he came as a baby, innocent and weak. He became fully human, lived a perfect life life and then died on a cross so that you might live he rose from the grave to conquer the grip that death had on us and his invitation is to lay down your life and surrender to his and if you're in the room and and you know that's you we would love to talk with you the prayer team is going to be up at the front they'd love to connect with you you can talk to one of the people on the team or fill out a connect card I want you to know that the relationship that you can have with God is the relationship you'll spend your whole life searching for. But I want to also speak to those of us in the room that are Jesus followers that find ourselves coming into maybe even the season weary and worn out. Some of us that we, we go, you know what, I believe that this is good news, but I've long since allowed it to transform my life and way of thinking. And I want to invite us as Jesus followers to take our eyes off of all of the things around us and to fix our eyes yet again on Jesus. 
To not be surprised when we notice darkness around us, but to celebrate the fact that the way of Jesus is countercultural to all the things that we see around us. That the invitation of our life is not to live like everyone else, but to live differently. And maybe today is an invitation for you to, to actually set your heart again in that direction. To be reminded that Emmanuel, God is with us, that Jesus came as a baby, understands you, and is walking closely with you. Maybe today is the day that you need to lay down your burden. The powerful reminder of Christmas for us to again reflect on what Jesus has done for us. May we be the kind of community that does not grow cold to that truth. We're going to respond and we're going to sing and worship the King of Kings. I want to pray for us as the team comes up. God, I'm so grateful that you offer, through Jesus, that you offer light in the midst of darkness. God, in this season, you know all the burdens that we're carrying. You know all the things that we walk in with. And I, I ask that you'd give us the courage to surrender our burdens to you. God, if we're in the room and we've never made the decision to follow you or we've walked away, how would you stir and speak to our heart right now and give us the courage to respond? God, as we worship you, we love you. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. God, change us. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Let's stand.